Welcome to season two of What the Fuck Do You Do? Uh, we've got a super fun episode today. I am your co-host, Travis Fox, and we've got probably the best guest we've ever had on the show. Like, maybe We'll see how it goes, but I have high hopes. Um, we have Shrey, our, our wonderful, lovely guest, sometimes co-host, but today talking about his career um, outside of the show. Um, Shrey, you want to introduce yourself and, and what your title is? Yeah, I am a senior strategy manager at uh, Expedia. That told me literally nothing. <laughs> that's about as uh, it's about as much description as I can give, honestly. <laughs> well, this has been a great episode, everybody. <laughs> so, okay, there's three parts: manager, yep, strategy, mm-hmm. and you're not junior. Yeah, so that's congratulations on that. <laughs> like all of your growth. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, well, why don't we talk about strategy? That seems like the yep. most unfamiliar term like nobody really knows what that means so at Expedia like what does that actually mean for you so basically and like the senior and the manager part are just kind of particular to the company but uh strategy is basically you are working with leaders of the company to figure out what are the objectives what direction you want to take the company and then you're actually working to implement programs or figure out how to actually execute on that. So working with different teams to actually execute that. That's awesome. So how do you figure out what, like what to focus on who tells you or what tells you like what you should actually be looking at? Yeah. It's so this is where the hierarchy of like senior strategy manager and whatnot comes into play. I mean, it usually will come from like the CEO, right. And then they'll work with the strategy team on defining like, what are the goals or the objectives? And it is very much in, iterative process of, you know, there's a bunch of ideas that we could go do, right? You need the leadership from the CEO to kind of set the direction. And then the strategy team is kind of working with the CEO to kind of refine what are those objectives. And then it kind of trickles down throughout the different teams. So like, I'll get my directives from my manager. Gotcha. Of, Here's what to work on. And that's because the CEO said like this year, we're going to get 20% mm-hmm. better at this. And yeah. then the whole company like figures out how to make that happen. Exactly. It could be as vague as like, we're going to improve traveler experience, right? That's going to be one of the pillars that we're going to focus gotcha. on. And then from there, it, you know, actually forms into tangible goals. So what, give me like a specific example. Like you got a project, you made something cool happen. You recommended that the company did something different. Yeah. So, I'll give a, I'm trying to figure out how specific to get here, but basically, you know, we had a problem with fees, like on the platform. Like if you ever booked like a property, right, you have sure. a lot of excessive fees. So the problem was like, how do you solve that? Because it's a shitty traveler experience. Yep. So from there, it was a lot of like, okay, let's do data analysis to figure out more about the problem. So you're working, you're either doing the analysis yourself or you're working with analytics teams and saying like, hey, here's what I'm looking for. Here's what I would like to see. Here's kind of getting some research on it. Then you're coming up with, based off of that data, you're coming up with what your insights are and what your recommendations are. So it's very data-driven, very analytical. And there's supposed to be kind of this logical flow of, okay, we've analyzed this problem, so we're going to do this. And then... Once you have an understanding of what you want to do, and that might be, hey, we need to build a new product or we need to implement a policy Mm -hmm. or we need. And so it's open ended on what the solutions can be. But once you have an idea of what the solutions can be, then it's working with those different teams and actually, you know, here's the case of why we should do this. Let's get this prioritized. Let's test this out. Let's build it out. 
Um, and then from there, right, you go back and you measure like, okay, did we actually see the change? Does this actually work? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it sounds like you work with tons of different teams and people. Like, yes. How, how do you keep like all that collaboration happening? Like, is that stressful having to know like 50 different people for projects? Yes. And I think it differs at different companies. Okay. Um, because at a bigger company, there's just way more teams yeah. that are all kind of touching different aspects of the same thing. So a lot of times, and this happens almost every week, I will reach out to someone who I think is like the person in charge of this whatever product or anything. And they're like, ah, we don't actually do that. It's actually like this other team. So you're actually like hunting in your own company to figure out who does what. Kind of. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And it's, I mean, if you're at a smaller company, like yeah. that's not going to be as much of an issue. Um, but yeah, you're, you're going to have to interact with a lot of different teams. And there's a lot of meetings where I'm like, Hey, my name is Shrey. I work on the strategy wow. team. Here's what I'm trying to do. And like, here's what I think we should do. And I hear your team is the one that can do this and make this happen. <laughs> can you actually do that? Right. Right. So it is a lot of almost like pitching. That's so interesting. Yeah. yeah like pitching yourself to people you already work with. Just, yeah. They're strangers. Yeah. The, I mean, the difference is like, again, like at a company, there's tons of ideas, right? right? There's tons of different things that you can do to improve the company. But strategy, like you're trying to organize all those thoughts into like, here's the top things that we should do. Mm -hmm. And actually like put some organization, prioritization around like how you allocate resources and sure. time and energy into like solving different problems so is that why you make like somebody pays you to do it like why yes all these teams have their own products they're like running their own little organizations like, why do you need a strategy person you need someone to kind of tie it all together okay and that sounds very simple mm -hmm. but what you'll find is because people are very specialized in their individual aspect right that there still isn't this cohesive framework of why are we all doing this? The bigger picture. The bigger picture. Okay. So you need someone to kind of bring that all together. Otherwise, you know, you have a data scientist or an analytics person. They're, they're really good at analyzing data. They're really good at coming up with models. But what's the overall business objective? That's super. So how do you get in this position where you're seeing the bigger picture? You kind of know how to tie all these like puzzle pieces together like what gave you that capability um and, and interest in doing that versus just like having your one specific project you were working on yeah i i think it just comes through experience sure so i came through consulting background so you just get put on different projects and they're always you're almost trained to present findings to a client gotcha and so you have to be able to bring the picture together. Otherwise you're going to confuse the client. So it's through that practice. It's always like thinking, how does this tie to the bigger picture? Right. So it's a lot of like presentations also. A lot of PowerPoints. A lot of PowerPoints <laughs> because you're constantly trying to, whatever new thing is happening, new piece of analysis, new update on this test or this product development, you're always tying it back to like, this is how it's going to affect our overall objective. Yeah. What do you know about PowerPoints and presenting that the average person doesn't know? I know a lot of shortcuts. Okay. I know a lot about like visualizing things. Cool. Probably. And again, it just comes through a lot of experience and practice. Um, I would say Excel and PowerPoint are like the two biggest tools. Gotcha. Um, 
And then, yeah, like you just get comfortable talking with executives or leadership and being able to either present good news or bad news or here's why we think we should be doing this. And I think it just all comes through experience. Do you get nervous talking to like these big CEOs and C-suite people and then like going up and doing public speaking? Yes. Okay. I get nervous. I get nervous every time before. When I when I start, though, it I, I somehow like calm down. Interesting. It's like once you get into the moment, yes. it starts to flow. Yeah, it's almost like the um, the preparation or like the anticipation is more nerve-wracking. Interesting. But part of it is also um, some people are like pretty tough, right? Like depending on who you're presenting to, like yeah. some people are depending on the personality. Um, it can be nerve-wracking because like they could just rip you apart <laughs> fair enough yeah do you, you have any like rituals to calm yourself down before you're like yeah tie your shoes differently you're like wake up in the morning and do some jumping jacks i just take a deep breath and then i'm like just do your best and that's all you can ask for <laughs> that's that's it's beautiful yeah that's I mean, not like, what we're all trying to do i mean at the end of the day like someone's gonna be like why are you doing this like why didn't you do think of right. this and it kind of sucks but it's like you're not gonna get fired yeah. Fair. Unless you do that all Unless the time. Doing every single time. <laughs> yeah. But like you're, you're allowed to not be perfect. What are some times where you haven't been perfect or like you did fuck up in your career? Um, I did cancel a zoom meeting. Like while the meeting was happening with all these executives, <laughs> you like leave and everybody's out. <laughs> I did. I mean, this is more of a zoom mishap by like, we're on this big meeting and there's a bunch of executives on there. And for some reason I was made a co-host um, big mistake. and I had to leave for another meeting and I actually ended the entire meeting. And then everyone like came back on and was like, who, who did that? I was like, hope no one knows. Must, must have been that CEO over there. <laughs> yeah. The guy's an idiot. <laughs> um, but in terms of like actual mistakes, I don't think it's like what ends up happening is you'll present something and then it'll be like, why didn't you think of this? Gotcha. And, or like whatever you presented, they're just like, that's great. But like you should actually be doing this, which is something totally different. Mm. So there are meetings where you kind of walk out and you're like, okay, like this plan that I thought of is completely busted up. So I got to do something different. So to be good at this, it, does it take somebody who's really confident and extroverted as a public speaker or like, you know, all the teamwork and collaboration talking to strangers, like, making presentations to people that probably don't have a lot of time to waste. Like who is successful in this type of role? What kind of person? I think, I don't think you need to be extroverted. Okay. I'm, I don't think I am. You're, um, you're pretty bad socially. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to sidestep that one. <laughs> um, I think, uh, <laughs> what was the question again? <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of person does it take to be good at strategizing okay Strategy. yeah so you definitely don't have to be an extrovert i think listening okay more is actually really helpful i because i think if you can just intake a lot of different opinions and perspectives about things then you can kind of chime in with here's what i sure. think is the recommendation that's my style actually i like to listen to what other people have to say and then i'm more of a gatherer and Try and put it together then. That's pretty cool. But there are people who are like, and if you're like extroverted and always have an opinion to say, like it works if it's always a smart opinion. <laughs> but 
I don't think there's actually that many people that can just always say something profound every time they speak. Outside of me. Uh, definitely not you. <laughs> Mr. <Yeah>. Raw Sauce. <laughs> um, but so I think if you just like listen, then um, I think you're actually, you're better off. That's cool. Well, you mentioned some like hard skills too, though. Like you do a lot of data analysis, mm-hmm. like Excel, like PowerPoints, like those are more like professional skills, but like, yeah. How do you train to be good at this? Do you have to know, do you have to have a degree? Do you have to go through like a technical training yeah. uh, for data? What does that look like? I don't think you, you definitely don't need a technical degree. Okay. Um, I think, I think you have to have some logical business sense. Gotcha. Like, so for a lot of interviews, you'll do business case interviews. Well, they'll give you a hypothetical business question and then you have to kind of think through what's the right recommendation. Um, but you can like people practice that. I practiced that when I was getting into consulting. So I think it's something you can definitely learn. Um, I also think you'll get good at this being surrounded by good mentors or managers because there's a lot of stuff you learn on the job and they'll be able to like help you think about how to like approach problems, how to deal with people, how to form presentations, communicate things. Like that's not something those are that's innate to people. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting point. Like how do you, how do you personally like ask somebody to be a mentor? How do you get that person to teach you? Cause yeah, I'm sure they probably get, you know, somebody in a position who's gone through it and been experienced. They get questions like that all the time. Yeah. I think you just ask, like, I think if you just come with this willing to say, Hey, I really want to get better at, you know, how you put together presentations or how you're able to communicate. Like, can you like, let me, like, let me know some tips or tricks. Like, how do you do this? And you'll learn it's very stylistic and it differs based on like how the person is, but you can kind of take a little bit from here, a little bit from this person, a little from this person and sort of like come with your own way of approaching things. Okay. That's really cool. Um, and then on like the, so business case studies, like you're practicing to get into this consulting type gig, you yeah. need to know a little bit of logic are companies hiring like one particular type of person at the entry level to break into this career? Like, is there a type of school you need to go to backgrounds that that they look for? Yeah. So I would say candidly for most strategy positions, they typically like to hire um, people who have done like management consulting and investment banking. That's typically like the type of profile that they look for because they know that in those jobs, that you've gotten that training in forming presentations, communication, working with executives, like being able to kind of think in that framework. I actually don't really subscribe to that because I think you can learn these skills through other experiences. Um, But to get those jobs, like management consulting and investment banking, you got to get a college degree gotcha. and you probably have to get very good grades. So it's, you got to play it's, the game a little bit. You got you have to play the yeah. game. And I mean, again, I'm, I'm more of a subscriber of like, if, if you've got a good drive and work ethic and you're willing to work at it, like you can do a lot of things. But sure. in this case, I think there's a lot of like traditionalism in the type of people that are hired. So management consulting firms, investment banking firms, they will go to the, top colleges in the country and that's where they will exclusively recruit from okay. and they have certain GPA requirements and they put you through like all these business case interviews. And so, yeah, it's a little bit, unfortunately of like 
you have to play the game. Yeah. Until you change the system. And you make until better. you change the system. I've tried. Yeah. I've tried saying we should hire more people that aren't from yeah. management consulting or investment banking right. because I think you, know, you get diversity of thought. Um, and some people like have successfully done that. But I would say it's rarer. Gotcha. That makes sense. And so senior strategy manager, you're working, you're already working with leadership, like you're close to those circles. You've seen like all these different teams. Mm-hmm. Where do you go from here in your career? Like where would you want to go if yeah. you kept moving up or would you want to do something completely different than strategy? Yeah. So I think what's actually nice about working in strategy is you're a generalist. Sure. So you have to understand different teams different problems um, and you have to be able to like speak a little bit of language with different people. So if you're talking with a data scientist, like you're going to have to know how like algorithms work or how like data science works, right? Not at the super technical level as they do, but like you still like know what they're trying to accomplish. Um, so what's nice is you can continue down a strategy path like, okay, you're senior strategy manager, you can be director of strategy, you can be senior director, VP, like keep moving up. And there's definitely a path within strategy. But there's people who have gone on to be product managers, account executives, other like finance, right? There's like, there's a lot of different things that you can pivot into. Because you at the end of the day, you have a knowledge about like how to solve problems. The only thing you would need to do to like successfully pivot into a different area is just make sure you're up to snuff on like technical stuff. But those are things that I think you can pick up on. That's pretty cool. Like you have that flexibility to like if any of those areas interested you, like one of the products, one of the data questions or something, you could, I mean, it's probably not that easy, but you could hop into that and do that more specifically. That's pretty awesome. Um, So your whole career, like what do you point to as something you're most proud of? That's one of your like proudest moments on the job. (laughs) <laughs> canceling that zoom meeting <laughs> <laughs> yeah busting up the system um proudest moment on the job i mean i think like if you come up with a recommendation and it actually ends up working mm. that's a pretty cool thing i did that <laughs> yeah like you take ownership of hey we actually implemented this new program or we developed this new product, right? Like those are kind of things you can take ownership of. Um, Yeah, that's it. (laughs) I love it. Well, Trey, it's been a pleasure getting to know your job a little bit better. I actually way more understand what you do now than I did like 30 minutes ago. Nobody, nobody. And I've known you for a long time. Uh, So I appreciate your candor and good luck strategizing. Thanks, man. Awesome.